All right, coming up on quarter after one, one fifteen, and there she is, Fiona Odlum. <laughs> it's Friday, and so Fiona's going to join us uh, every Friday for a bit. You've got a charity golf tournament today, eh? Yeah, I'm pretty excited. Um, I don't golf, so I hope there's lots of smack. <laughs> <laughs> is it a is it a best ball tournament where you all hit and then you use the best shot? Well, that's what I'm really hoping yeah, for. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. I, I actually have no idea. It was really funny. My partner at work, Jackie, and I. Um, isn't that funny? You have a Jackie and I have a Jackie. Yeah. Uh, so I said, <laughs> I said, oh, they're going to be so good today. We're going to be doing this charity thing for children. She's like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, yeah, it's just for kids, right? She's like, you don't read emails. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to a charity golf tournament. I do not know who for who, but I will be there. Good. Well, <laughs> and enjoy uh, enjoy the golf tournament. Just have fun. Don't worry about uh, you know oh, great yeah. shots or anything. Just uh, just have fun. So a bunch well, yeah. of stuff I put together here that we could uh, talk about today. Um, okay. Of course, it's Father's Day on Sunday. We've already been mm-hmm. uh, been talking about that. You, of course, are a, a province away from your dad, so you won't get to spend any time with your dad uh, in person. But is mm-hmm. is Father's Day usually a, a big deal for you guys or, or not really? Yeah, no, definitely. My dad is one of those guys that loves his girls. Like my sister, my mom, we are like his universe. And so we always like try to like pepper dad with all sorts of cards and stuff. And my dad's super sentimental. Like he keeps all the cards. So I mailed mm-hmm. him a card. And so he, I told him, we talked last night. And so he's tootling off to the post office today to get his card because like in Fraserwood it's still super old school like he has to go to the general store mm-hmm. and get it and yeah so yeah it's gonna be a good day for him and so good. yeah no I, I wish Brucey a good old day he'll yeah. be fine well and I, I just said this so I don't really need to say it again but I'll just say it to you you know I lost my dad in the mid 90s to can mm-hmm. to cancer and so yeah yeah it's a it, it's um I wish I could spend time with him on Sunday. So if, you, if your dad is still around, by all means, make sure you at least spend some. Because that's the number one answer. They did a survey, and the number one answer, what dad wants for, uh, mm-hmm. it's actually a survey by, by Groupon. They talked to 700 dads, and dad's answer, the gift that he really wants is me time. He wants me time. Oh, yeah. nice. Hey, tell me, um, tell me a little bit about your dad. What kind of dad was he? Was he, like, super hands-on, or was he strict? Um, no, he was pretty, no, he was pretty, you know, he got mad. I saw the belt get pulled out of his pants a few times, you know? Oh yeah. Yeah. He was old school in that sense. Yeah. But no, my dad was just a great guy. Told fantastic stories, had terrible jokes that everybody loved. And he was, uh, he was a really good guy. Worked so hard, you know, worked so, so hard and uh, did it just for his family, for his, his wife and his kids. And I, I miss Gordon a lot. So yeah. 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 It's uh, it's tough when we've, we've lost our dads on, on father's day. Yeah. We'll be thinking of you. Yeah. Oh, tough one. Yeah. Well, and a lot of people are in the same boat. Um, do you have a favorite ice cream flavor? Do you have a favorite? Listen, I love a good tiger tiger. 
What isn't, about you? Isn't that funny? Uh, we live <laughs> next door to uh, the RCMP. Op- when I grew up in Picture Beauty, Alberta, the, the RCMP house was next to us. And they had a bomb shelter. And it was really, oh. yeah, it was really kind of cool. And I was always a little nervous because, you know, he's a cop, right? And yeah. I was over at Ed's Dairy Bar. I don't know how, I, how old I was. Not very old. And he bought me an ice cream cone and he bought me a tiger. And that was the first time I'd ever had that. And I thought, this yeah. is cool. It's like orange and yeah. black and, you know, yeah. licorice, but orange. And yeah, so I don't, but I actually, when I get ice cream now, Jackie, my Jackie, my wife laughs at me because I usually get ice cream in honor of my dad. I get like. Oh maple walnut or I get uh, rum and raisin <laughs> all those old man flavors you know okay seriously <laughs> so this week I my new foray into sport is I started lawn bowling oh and so and I I live with a family here in Saskatoon and there's the sweetest people on earth and it was so funny because they've been teasing me nonstop. oh Fiona you're living the senior's life you're going lawn bowling <laughs> well first of all I did not know that a I joined a beer league lawn bowling team what is there such a thing <laughs> yes it is crazy like like imagine slow pitch like a tournament drinking your face off but lawn bowling, <laughs> lawn bowling. on a Wednesday night <laughs> so it was so cute because then when I came home I'm telling them all about and they're like you know what Fiona we need to celebrate with some maple walnut ice cream <laughs> <laughs> oh that's funny by the way uh, I brought up the idea of ice cream uh, to chat about because uh, they did a, a survey uh, I don't know who did this or where they did it, but apparently uh, the favorite uh, flavor is chocolate, 26%, 23% cookie dough, 18% mint chocolate, 17%. Yeah, I know. I don't like that either. 17% mint vanilla. Uh, no, sorry. Uh, 18% mint chocolate chip, 17% vanilla, 10% none of these, 5% cherry, and 2% I don't eat ice cream. So. But, but who doesn't need ice cream? You, I'm sure, have had the ice cream at the Dairy Bee in Winnipeg Beach, eh? Oh, yeah. That's fantastic it's ice good. cream. That is good ice cream. Wow. Oh, gosh, remember, remember Barks used to always talk about, he, when we would go out, he'd always have a strawberry milkshake. Yeah, Barkley. Remember? Yeah, chocolate milkshake, does, strawberry milkshake. Yeah, he's like seven years old, Brian Barkley. Yeah. yeah. How does he not have diabetes? Like. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That's a good question. That's a good question. Hey, you're you're always traveling. Where are yeah. uh, you? Just got back from Vancouver. You went there to see Paul yeah. Simon in concert. And yeah. where are you planning a trip uh, now? Anywhere? Or? Okay. Yeah. So in two weeks, I'm going to um, Toronto. Well, I guess like in a week and a half, I'm going to Toronto. But I'm thinking of actually like booking it because it's um, Canada Day. So I've always wanted to go to Ottawa for hmm. Canada Day. Yeah. So I think I'm going to pack up the car and drive up there, actually. I'm going to get that off the bucket list. Because you know what? Listen, believe whatever you want about Trump. I want to listen to Rick Mercer, who on his final show said to everyone, travel Canada, get to know your own country. Yeah. And so that is my, my mission right now, is to try to get as, to as many places as I can. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's on my list. Instagram is, they say, changing the way we travel. Apparently now everybody goes on Instagram and they want to mm-hmm. go and visit these destinations that they see on Instagram, right? These yeah. great, these great mm-hmm. photos and stuff. And that's uh, where they, uh, they want to go. Like, for example, there's this uh, hotel um uh, in italy that floats on a lake and apparently people oh. from all over the world are going to this place because it's featured all the time in photos on instagram 
Well, hmm. well yeah. there's this there's this gal that I follow on Instagram, and she has a great blog called Lost Girl Travel, and she just Instagrammed about staying a night in a converted grain bin. So wow. you know. The prairie version of a floating island in Italy, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A grain bin. Wow. I'm a grain bin, yeah. No, no thanks. I used to as a kid I used to shovel <laughs> grain in those. I wouldn't want to stay away. and mice and oh no. Oh, I know, Mm-mm. I know. Yeah, well yeah, you know, know all about that. You're a farm girl. Yeah. yeah, no, I never liked going in there. It always smelled like poop and mice and <laughs> yeah. oh. Yes. And, my, and my oh, and my grandpa would be just like, "Fiona, they'll go up your pet leg," and I'd just be out of there. I'm like, "Peace." Yeah. Hey, uh, <laughs> Jacob just texted in a flavor of ice cream. I guess mm. this could be an old person flavor of ice cream. Jacob says, "How <laughs> you guys forgot to mention butterscotch ripple?" Oh, yeah, that is old. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. We don't even make it anymore. It's no, old. <laughs> of course not. What the hell is butterscotch ripple? <laughs> Well, you know, one of the Owens brothers used to be known as the Butterscotch Stallion, but that's for that's not a family show. <laughs> I don't even know what you're talking about. I don't even have a <laughs> that's clue. Probably, that's probably good. <laughs> I just think go under Urban Dictionary on your computer at home. No, or work. or don't bother, <laughs> or just don't bother. Hey, um, now you don't have kids. I don't have kids. But let's talk about kids' names here. If if you oh, were to okay. ever have a kid, do you have a name already in mind, what you would call your kid or, or not? Locked and loaded. I would name her Freya. Freya? It. Yes. It's very Icelandic. Is it? How do you <laughs> yes, spell that? I, F-R-E-Y-A. Freya. And the re- I, I'm not even Icelandic, even though I am cheering for Iceland in the FIFA World Cup. Are you? But... Um, when I was a kid, I got plucked out of the audience to be the Icelandic princess at the Ashern Rodeo. And, uh, <laughs> they just, you know, the they just pluck, they just pluck you out of the crowd and you're the yes. princess. <laughs> yeah. They're like you princess. That's out here. terrible. <laughs> and, uh, and then I found out that the name Freya meant Icelandic princess. So I'm like, I like ah, that. Freya. Yeah, yeah. that's kind of nice. Right. Um, although yeah. they say that uh, hipster parents are getting away now from the cool names. They're going now more toward traditional names. That's why I, I, I bring it up because apparently they're getting tired of all these names that, you know, later on when the kid's in school, the kid gets teased and bugged because he's got this crazy, cool hipster name. Yeah, or you get news anchors that get a name like this that you have to read. M-A-Y-G-I-N. And know that that says Megan. That's Megan? <laughs> I had that one this week. I'm like, huh? Wow. Just, yeah, M-A-Y-G-I-N. I, I, I don't mind the different spellings. Like, I, don't, I think that's kind of cool. But, yeah, that would be frustrating, though, if you had a name like that, right? Because then you're constantly yeah. saying how you spell it, right? Right, exactly, yeah. because, like, the poor girl, I said, oh, hi, Majin, and she's like, <laughs> no, yeah. Megan, yeah. and I felt so silly. Sorry, Megan. That's funny. Uh, I, I have always liked the name Storm or Stormy. Stormy Daniels? Is this, like... Oh, I never thought of that. Oh, <laughs> no, you're right. <laughs> That name, which I have been reserving for many years for my unborn child, I can now not use it. Yes. Oh. Sorry. Boy, I didn't even I didn't even think about that. (laughs) Damn you, Trump! (laughs) 
I think a lot of people have been yelling that today. Yeah, oh, my goodness. No kidding. Manafort. Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah, I heard that in the news. All right, Fiona, enjoy your uh, enjoy your golf game, and we yes. will talk next Friday, okay? Okay. All Happy right. Father's Day to everyone. Love you. All right. There she goes, Fiona Odlum. It's Friday Fun Day with Fiona. We're going to try and do that every Friday and just talk about all kinds of stupid, silly stuff. Hang on. We got the news with Tristan Field-Jones. Diana Rasmussen will join us after the news. Manitoba Walk for AL at, uh, ALS is happening tomorrow. And Bob Irving next half hour as well on that Bomber Marathon game last night. Thank you, TFJ. Tristan, I heard you last night listening to the Bomber game. I heard you reporting from down in, uh, was it Morton area? Yeah, near Manitou, just west of Morton. Out chasing storms last night? Yes, indeed. No, I, I had a thought, though, as I was listening to you. Mm-hmm. This was, what, maybe 10, 30, 11 o'clock last night? No, it was later than that even, I think. It was, I was on several times Were you? last night. Well, yeah. uh, and I was dozing in and out during the game. Woke up just in time to hear the, the tragic end to the game, to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, but let me ask you a question. As a storm chaser, mm-hmm. how do you chase storms at night when it's dark? Well, here, so here's the thing. I I generally make a habit of not chasing storms at night. Because, but others do? Um, there might be some who do that, oh. yeah. I mean, the simple reason is that you can't see what's going on at night, so it can right. be very dangerous. Mm-hmm. What ended up happening with me is I was chasing the storm near Manitou, and... You know, as you know, last uh, or, or yesterday afternoon yeah. during the news run, we were all saying, yeah, it's going to be bone dry for the bomber game. We should be OK. Yeah. Obviously, that didn't happen. Right. Well, it was kind of a similar situation where Mother Nature decided to uh, have a mind of her own, where the storm I was chasing was heading due east. And the thing is, because it's all highways in that corner of the province, you know, you do a highway speed, you can outrun these storms pretty easily. Mm. So my game plan was I'm going to head due east, and then I'm going to head north on Highway 75, and at highway speeds, the, uh, the storm should pass. It might clip me, but it should pass just below me. So I was certainly not trying to get involved in yeah. a mess. What ended up happening is the storm I was chasing decided to turn, instead of going due east, went northeast, Mm. and inevitably I ended up, when I was on Highway 75, I ended up caught in a downpour. In the middle of it. But fortunately, it was only, like I've driven through blinding rain and strong winds before. Mm. Those are fine. The real uh, killer, if you will, is hail, especially for cars. That can be really dangerous. And and there were some areas in southwest Manitoba that got hail the size of softballs. Yeah. Yeah, and the storm that I was following near Morton, um, you know, I left there, would have been just after 9 o'clock, maybe a little afterwards. Well, hmm. lo and behold, maybe 15, 20 minutes later, there were reports of, you know, toonie-sized hail and wow. golf-ball-sized hail near Morton, near Winkler, near Manitou. Yeah. So, but no, it, it's never, if you're doing any proper storm chasing, it should never be your intent to go, as we call it, core punching right hmm. through the worst of it. You want to kind of observe the, uh, the storm from the outside because chances yeah. are you get a better chance of seeing you know, uh, interesting structures or mm. even funnel clouds or tornadoes or whatever yeah. it may be. I don't imagine the view is very good when you're in the middle of it, right? Well, that, you want to be away from exactly, it. Exactly. That's yeah. the thing. You want to observe these things. And if you're in the middle of it, you can't see the cloud formations. Mm. And most dangerously of all, you can't tell uh, if there's, because uh, sometimes what happens is if there's a tornado on the ground, they'll become rain wrapped. Mm. So basically they're in the middle of a rain core. So from the outside, all you're seeing is a rain core, but in, from the inside, there might actually be a tornado in there. Mm. And if you're in the middle of it, you can't see that at all. It's yeah. about as bad as chasing at night. 
Yeah. So no, that's 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 why if you're doing any proper chasing, there's a method yeah. to it, and there's a there's a way to do it. Yeah. Well, anyhow, that was my only thought last night. I'm thinking, well, this is kind of cool. Tristan's out there as this is happening, and I'm thinking, well, how if he's chasing a storm at night? Why, you know? Yeah. So that was my question. I had yeah. No, you. no worries, Hal. Yeah. Uh, sort of an interesting morning uh, tuning in this morning to Mackley and McGarry and and Jeff Braun, uh, of course, reading the news uh, and hearing Jeff come up with all the different sizes for the hail. Like he was, he said wall. How big's a walnut? You know, like he was asking these questions as he's reading the news because, yeah, we sort of compare it to things that we know, right? Like yep. golf ball, toonie, loony, walnut. Walnuts maybe a little more obscure, but anyhow, some big hail and lots of rain and wind and still power outages. Uh, if you missed the news just moments ago, Tristan Field-Jones will have it again for you at 2 o'clock, the latest on all that. Thank you very much, TFJ. All right, coming up tomorrow, beautiful day. Uh, today and the weekend is looking really nice, looking very nice for tomorrow's walk for ALS. And joining us on the phone now to talk about that is Diana Rasmussen. Hi, Diana. Hello. Hello there. Hi, there you are. Hey. There I am, yes. <laughs> uh, you've got beautiful weather for the uh, walk for ALS tomorrow. Oh, yes. I was I was busy listening to Tristan and thinking, mm-hmm. oh, my heavens, that we're not storm chasing tomorrow. Yeah, no kidding. So, chasing sunshine tomorrow. Yeah, Tell absolutely. us all about the walk, where, when, can we okay. still get involved, all that. Yes, you bet. Uh, so to tomorrow is the 17th walk for ALS. And uh, ALS, for those who don't know what it is, is sometimes known as Lou Gehrig's disease or motor neuron disease. And it is a fatal neurodegenerative disease. And um, we are raising funds to help those folks that are living with ALS and also to raise funds for research. So 40% of all the funds raised through the Walk for ALS goes to research, and 60% remains in Manitoba to assist clients and their families. And uh, we are hoping that we will get uh, a, a bigger number than we had last year. And we had 2,400 people come out last year. And if the weather's going to cooperate, we're hoping that uh, uh, that's exactly what's going to happen. And from what we've seen so far, uh, we have more teams than we've ever had. And uh, people are just walking in the door registering. We had a pre-registration day. It's looking really, really good. So I'm hoping that people will come out and join us. How much are you hoping to raise, uh, Diana? We are hoping that uh, this year we're going to raise 255000 Last year we raised 250000 so we're up our game a little bit and said well that's our goal you got to have a goal boy that's significant that's a lot of walkers and that's a lot of money it is and we really need it because uh, this is a devastating disease and one of the most costly components uh, for uh, the people that live with ALS is all the equipment and and resources that they require so we we're out there trying to raise funds and make sure that they get uh, all the clinical components the equipment the resources the supports uh, to have a better quality of life because unfortunately this is a disease that takes uh, a person's life fairly quickly. The textbooks say two to five years, but we see some people who succumb to this disease much, much faster. So Mm. uh, it's really important to have a good quality of life. And there's so many things that are going on at the walk. Um, We're going to have a a kids area, and we'll have all the mascots out. And uh, we're actually doing a new thing this year. We're doing um, a campaign for uh, what's called Boost You Up. And uh, we're asking people to, like you do a tin 
for the bin, we're asking people to bring a boost for the bin. So a package of boost, a six-pack of a boost with protein. We have a lot of people that uh, need uh, that extra food resource. Um, there are a lot of low-income people with ALS, uh, but also people who are living with ALS do sometimes need that extra supplement during the day. So we're doing a, a boost you up in, in, and we're doing that in conjunction uh, with Home Instead, who have been the main drivers, and uh, they were the ones that actually started this and wanted to, to partner with ALS to, to help us. And so there'll be auctions and prizes and different tents. Um, there's going to be a lot of fun. And uh, as I said, we're having uh, cadets out and uh, constables and people helping us and loads of volunteers. And it's going to be a really fun day. You mentioned that you had a pre-registration. Can people still get involved right up until tomorrow morning? They can, they can, um, uh, but um, by 4 o'clock or 5 o'clock this afternoon, we'll be closing the pre-registration right off, and then they can register at the walk itself, and people can walk up and register. Uh, so there'll be a tent, the white tent opposite the pavilion in the Assiniboine Park, mm-hmm. and uh, they can register right there, and there'll be food and uh, lots of fun. Hey, um, it's a heartbreaking disease. I mean, many of these, obviously, disease is heartbreaking. But mm-hmm. uh, ALS, uh, I think a lot of people really, uh, you know, feel for the people that, that have ALS. It's it's a horrible uh, disease. Where is the research at now on this, Diane? Are we getting any closer to a possible cure? Actually, you know, Canada is one of the uh, leading countries in terms of research, and I, I'm really proud to say that. Um, we are getting uh, moving forward, and I think one of the things that we're looking at is that ALS may well be a combination of syndromes, and uh, we're looking at ways that um, different components can be helped. So the, uh, the research is heading in uh, directions like uh, what different treatments might there be for different components of ALS, because there's different types of ALS. Um, there's a ALS that affects the uh, arms and legs. There's an ALS type that affects speech and swallowing. There's uh, ALS that affects uh, the whole body. And there's an ALS with dementia. There's a hereditary form. So there's many different forms. Mm. And so we need to look at all the different ways that we can help people while we're working our way in towards uh, a cure for ALS. Um, so, uh, you know, there's lots going on. And we're very proud that we have uh, one of the leading researchers who's right in our province here who won a $1.6 million Hudson grant uh, to, to look into um, uh, the effects of ALS and pain control and uh, things like that. Mm-hmm. Hey, I just got a text message from a listener here, Diana. I have some boost to donate. Is there somewhere I can drop it off? I guess they could drop it off at Assiniboine Park tomorrow, but otherwise your office is where? Uh, we're at 2A 1717 Dublin Avenue, and they can drop it off right here. Um, we're here Monday to Friday, and uh, please do drop by and drop it off. We can use it any time. So, uh, but we will be at the park tomorrow, mm-hmm. um, and we will have a re- uh, receptacle for, for the boost, and uh, we're looking forward to seeing people and hoping they can help us. Well, have a great day tomorrow, Diana. Thank you. Thank you so much, Hal. All right. Diana Rasmussen, the Manitoba Walk for ALS is happening tomorrow at Assiniboine Park. Let's take a quick break. When we come back, Mr. Bob Irving will be here. We'll talk about that marathon of a bomber game last night and 
our young rookie quarterback. Stay tuned. Well, yeah, the uh, well, the weather right now is much nicer than it was during the Bomber game last night. Here's a bit of the broadcast here on CJOB. Uh, the first voice you will hear here is Doug Brown and then Bob Irving. Take a listen. Water is actually pooling on the field turf. You never yeah. see that with field turf. It drains so well. If you look on the, the far hash mark, there is water that is actually accumulating on the surface of the field. That I have not seen that before with field turf. I don't, yeah. That probably isn't good radio, but I think that is that's something. That's uh, that's some precipitation. Yeah, that's how hard it's raining. Doug, yo, five to eleven. It's almost past my bedtime. It's the second quarter. We only only two. Could you use your power? You know what? If this game went overtime, that would just be <laughs> to wow, get this game going again. All, right. All we need is a pizza and a six-pack up here, and we could go till 2 o'clock in the morning. All right, settle for the pizza. All right. I mean, Bob was singing. They were talking World Cup. It was a crazy bomber broadcast last night. Bob Irving joins us on the phone now. Hello, Bob. Hello, Hal. Well, what time were you up this morning, Bob? <laughs> I got up at 8. I got home just after 2 o'clock. Oh, we, uh, wow. Uh, Doug and I were on the air for eight hours straight. Uh, Hal, that's a record for me. I've never done a broadcast, a sports broadcast, where I was on the air for eight hours straight. So yeah. it was a record-setting night. <laughs> well, second longest game in CFL history. The only one longer was the Fog Bowl. Yeah, that's right. Uh, and we, boy, it was funny. They kept uh, telling us, well, it looks like we're going to be good to go in a few minutes. And then, no, it's going to be 45 minutes yeah. or, or an hour. And uh and on and on it went. So it was it was quite a marathon. Yeah, well, you did a great job tap dancing last night, Bob, filling the time. I thought you and, and Doug and all your guests, you had Austin Saragusa on, you had the commissioner on, you had everybody fill, Wade Miller, you had everybody filling time for you last night. Well, a lot of people helped us out. I kind of, I was saying, uh, it was kind of fun, you know, whenever you can just sit there and shoot the breeze. Yeah. Uh, which those of us in the sports milieu, as you know, Hal, we like talking sports. And yeah. so, you know, we could, it's like you're sitting in your living room and with your feet up and talking about different things. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, well, it was fun to listen to, too. So uh, for people that went to bed and uh, maybe don't know how all this played out, uh, give us the last uh, bit of the game and, and then let's talk about it. Well, so the Bombers are down 17-7 after the first quarter, but they come back and make it 17-14, and then they go ahead in the third quarter, Hal. They get a, you know, that big play from Kevin Fogg, the kick return, and they're up, uh, well, they're up by eight late in the game, uh, and it looks like there's every chance they're going to win the game, and they could have been up by 11. Uh, Justin Medlock was lining up to kick a 40-yard field goal, and, uh, Alex Ross, the holder, kind of bobbled the ball on the snap, and so Medlock never got the kickoff. And chances are he makes that kick, and, and you know they win the game on that play alone. Mm-hmm. But they have an eight-point lead late, and Mike Riley, the quarterback of the Eskimos, puts together a very impressive 90-yard touchdown drive and then throws this Hail Mary ball deep into the end zone for the two-point conversion that Nate Bahar, a second-year Canadian receiver, goes up and pulls down just as his feet are going out of bounds. And and so they get the two-point convert, and they tie the game at 30 with about a minute and a half to go. Uh, and then the Bombers were two and out. They couldn't move the ball. They kick it away, and Riley puts another drive together and sets up the game-winning field goal by Sean White. So you have to give Edmonton and Riley a lot of credit. He's a super player, Hal. Yeah, He's just... Absolutely. Uh, 
He was so good last night, his throws. And the Bombers got a lot of pressure on him at times. And it really, had, at one point, they forced three two-and-outs in a row by the Eskimos. But at the end of the day, they just couldn't make a stop on Riley when it mattered. Yeah. You know, Bob, I thought Chris Trevler played pretty well. Uh, yeah. I was I was impressed, you know. Uh, uh, three touchdowns, uh, I think 170 yards, ran for 30 more. And I thought he played well, but then we saw another one of those explosion plays, right? And uh, now I think the question mark has moved over to the defense again. Well, here's what, here's what I would say about the defense last night. I thought, for the most part, they had pretty good coverage on uh, the receivers. They were what they call contested balls, and Edmonton has two outstanding receivers, this big Duke Williams and then Darrell Walker, who's mm-hmm. as good as there is in this league. And some of Riley's throws, like the long bomb early in the game yeah. to Darrell Walker, I, I, you know, I don't know how you defend that. Chris Randall's right there, and he kind of loses his balance a bit as the mm-hmm. ball's coming, and Walker goes up and makes the catch and goes in for the touchdown. Those plays are going to happen. There's yeah. nothing you can do about that. And that's a 100 of Riley's 400 yards right there. Yeah. Yeah, and I, again, on a lot of the throws, you know, the bomber defenders were right there, uh, but the receivers made the play. Riley put the ball in a perfect spot. We've often said, Hal, if the quarterback and receiver execute a play perfectly, it's virtually impossible for a defensive back to stop it. It just mm-hmm. is. That's the way it, the way it works. Um, and so Riley made a lot of those plays last night. They were They were just really sharp on offense and throwing and catching the ball. So, yeah, 400 passing yards is, is too much to give up, but they shut down Edmonton's run game pretty much. And believe it or not, it might sound odd, uh, I was impressed with the Bomber defense overall. Hmm. Yes, uh, you can't give up 400 yards and expect to win, but Mike Riley throws for an average of 350 yards a game. Hmm. Uh, and so it was kind of a normal night for him. But if you're going to beat Edmonton, you, you have to you have to shut them down better than that. But I wasn't discouraged with the play of the okay. defense. And against Strebler, I thought Strebler, uh, you know, for a kid who's been here, what the heck, a month. Yeah. Uh, you know, he threw three touchdown passes. Yeah, he made some mistakes, and, you know, he looked a little unsettled at times. But at other times, he looked very poised, hung in there, made some good runs. Uh, he'd get an A from me yep. on his yep. performance. I, I think he delivered hell everything anybody could have expected given his inexperience. I think so, too. He can move. Man, that guy can run. And he's got a rifle for arm, too. Yeah, he's got a, he's got a good arm, a quick release. He made some very nice uh, reads and throws. And, uh, yeah, overall, you know, again, he delivered what you could have hoped for, I mm-hmm. think, in that situation. So we have to feel pretty good going into Montreal on Friday night. Yeah, you know, it's a good-looking team. I still believe that. I'm not discouraged at all about their fortunes for this year. Now, that's a game that they, you know, they could have won, and uh, you, you let those slip away, they can they can come back to haunt you later in the year. But, hey, one down, 17 to play. And uh, based on what I saw last night, uh, this is a team that's going to be reckoned with. And if Strebler can continue to get a little better each week, Hal, and I think that's a fair expectation, uh, you know, I, I think they're in, in good shape. I, I believe, that, and, and again, here the defense gave up all those yards last night, but I think they could ride the defense for the next couple of games, and, and the defense can, you know, be the key for them winning. Yeah. Bob, get some warm milk, grab your teddy bear, and go have a nap. <laughs> okay, I will, Al. Thanks. <laughs> have a great weekend, pal. You too. 
for South Beach Casino, your destination for great buffets. 50 plus. Take 20% off Monday to Saturday and take 50% off all Sundays in Mango's Restaurant or the Blue Dolphin Lounge. Visit southbeachcasino.ca. Interlake Grand Beach and White Shell. Today, chance of showers, risk of a thunderstorm. Uh, partly sunny otherwise, high 27. Tonight, clouding over 14, but tomorrow, partly sunny 25. Cottage Country weather, CJOB. Couple more hours and you're on your way to the weekend, hopefully the lake. That's my plan. I get up to the lake. Uh, we are joined in studio now by food expert and renowned chef Peter Manaki. Peter, nice to meet you. Thank you, Hal. Great to be here in Winnipeg. Yeah, thank you for coming in. Where are you normally? Toronto, is that where you live? Toronto is yeah. uh, home base, yes. Uh-huh. Born thank and raised. You. And thank you for the book. My pleasure. Uh, the Everything Easy Mediterranean Cookbook. 300 fresh and healthy recipes. Yes. That's Excellent. the latest yeah. of the three cookbooks that I have, yeah. Fantastic. And available in good bookstores everywhere, I would imagine. Indigo chapters, uh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Online, Amazon, all the yeah. usual channels that people get books. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Will people be able to get the book uh, on Monday night when they're at Olympia Diner? Uh, I wasn't uh, able to get the shipment in, but uh, they could certainly order a book uh, yeah. online. Mm-hmm. And uh, if I see them in future, sure. uh, you know, we'll yeah. sign up for them. Yeah. yeah. We'll autograph it. Tell me about the event at Olympia Diner on uh, Monday night. You're uh, basically going to do a bunch of cooking. Yeah, yeah. Uh, at Olympia Diner over at Portage and uh, in the St. James area. Mm-hmm. And uh, we have a lot of authentic Greek dishes. Uh, we're going to do some... Uh, Ouzo tempura shrimp, so some little twists. Yeah, bit, uh, bit of a kick to that. Yeah, eh? yeah. we have a traditional dish called uh, spanakotas or spinach rice, mm-hmm. but I'm going to make it into an Aaron cheating, like a rice ball mm-hmm. with some cheese in there and fry it up. Uh, we'll have uh, a Greek-style Caesar salad. Uh, we're going to have a pork fricassee, which is another traditional Greek dish. Mm-hmm. We're going to have a main course of uh, a braised beef dish with some uh, pearl barley, kind of like a pilaf style. Yeah. And uh, we have this uh, dessert called Galactobudico. It's almost like Battlestar Galactica for those people <laughs> that can't pronounce it. But it's 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 a custard cream. Mm-hmm. And it's usually baked in filo pastry. But we're you we're gonna I'm gonna do a little twist on it with kadaifi, which is it's this filo pastry looks like shredded wheat. Mm. And so it's it's traditional Greek food with a little of my own a little twists. Yeah. Uh, it's probably the fifth or the sixth the time we've been at Olympia Diner. So yeah. we have a lot of people that are that can be attending, and uh, there are still seats available. Good. I was going to ask you. Yeah. Monday, yeah. Uh, six thirty. They can contact Olympia Diner to reserve. Uh, wines included also with with mm-hmm. uh, with all the uh, uh, courses, mm-hmm. and it's it's a fun time. And they just opened up Olympia again, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They they, they had a, a small little fire that started in their uh, their patio, so it did some damage. And uh, they've renovated. It looks great inside. Mm-hmm. Uh, we j- I just left there from lunch, and they're they're slammed. They're they're full, they're full of people, so they're doing good. Yeah, and they're good folks too. Excellent. Yeah. Um, uh, tell me how you got into cooking. I mean, it, it seems like. Uh, I know a couple of people in the Greek restaurant business, and they go, listen, we all cook, you know? We all cook. It's in yeah. our DNA. Uh, I, I got serious about cooking probably in the uh, 
late uh, 80s, early 90s. My parents bought a summer home in Greece mm-hmm. because they didn't want to impose on the relatives all the time. And uh, my mom said she had a surprise coming back. And I go, what's the surprise? She goes, jingle, jingle, jingle. These are keys to our new summer home. Wow. So that left my brother and I orphaned for every summer. <laughs> At first, it was good. It was like bachelor's paradise, yeah. you know, barbecuing, right. delivery, et cetera. And then after a couple of summers, we got tired of that, mm. started craving home cooking. Mm-hmm. So that's when I started cooking. Simple stuff like pasta, you know, mm-hmm. things that you could, you could whip up in 15, 20 minutes. Fast forward to about 2007, uh, I started, I was on the internet, didn't like what I saw by way of Greek cuisine. I said, I can do better. Mm-hmm. I can represent Greek cuisine much better than what's out there with yeah. all the cliched stuff mm-hmm. and uh, started a food blog. I was a financial advisor and then doing this on the side as a hobby. And uh, then I got a book offer. So I didn't actually go out and, and start, you know, knocking on doors they with publishers. Came to you. They came to me and said, mm. you have a good following. Uh, we can see that you're really into it. Would you like to do a book? Mm. Uh, after checking these guys out, they were legit. And I said, yeah, sure, I'd do it. Uh, around the same time in Toronto, I was doing some street food things, souvlaki mm. and all, you know, the, more, the easier stuff that people are mm. familiar with. And uh, I said, let me try this full time. If it works out fine, if not, I can fall back in the financial field. Yeah. I'm still doing it. Yeah. 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 Good for you. That's well, and food is so huge now. I mean, you know, uh, we were just talking how Instagram now is affecting the way people travel. They want to see the, they want to go and visit the places they see on Instagram. And it's the same with food, right? How I believe 70% of people uh, will decide on their travel destination based on the cuisine and the food. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Food it, is, it's a big is factor. Huge. I think everybody now, you know, it's almost like everybody thinks they're a foodie. And they are, you know, uh, mm. the internet has democratized people with information. Some, in some instances, like you know, with politics or whatnot, maybe not to, yeah. in a good way. Everybody seems to think that they got a PhD and everything, but mm. with food, it, it, it's it's a great equalizer. Everybody can cook a decent dish right now. Yeah. And then there's a few people that have that je ne sais quoi, that something, something that can elevate uh, certain things, and they have a natural knack to do something yeah. really spectacular. What is it about Greek food? Because I think. You know, I think it's one of those areas of food that everybody likes. There, there are several dishes, and everybody likes something in there, yeah. right? Greek food, uh, if you strip it down, especially the way I know, like going to Greece every summer, is it should be seasonal as much as possible, as mm-hmm. local as much as possible, and prepared simply. Let the greens speak for themselves. Uh, we love using our fresh herbs, which are also healthy for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, we use lots of oil, olive oil. We don't have cream sauces. In fact, olive oil is our sauce. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's varied. It's diverse. You have fish, seafood. There's poultry. Obviously, there's uh, meat yeah. as well. And it's it's a rich cuisine and a lot of vegetarian dishes that are main courses as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's not it's 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 not a food trend either. Mediterranean. Uh, uh, eating and the diet has been around for years and it can, will continue to be. Mm-hmm. And then, the, you know, there's the traditional stuff, but then as you were talking about this menu for uh, Olympia Diner on Monday night, you, you kind of put your twist on things, That's right? what I like to do always. Like yeah. people, especially the, my Greek friends, they, they can identify with it being Greek, but they know I've got some nice twists without yeah. it without changing the, the, it too much or making it like a really outlandish or some mm-hmm. sort of confusion dish. Yeah. Again, uh, Monday night, Olympia Diner. What time did you say? 6.30 p.m. We're starting. 6.30. If you want to get a hold of Olympia Diner ahead of time, that's probably best. Make yeah. sure you got a spot. And uh, this gentleman right here will do some cooking for you. Peter Manaki and his uh, book, which is available at bookstores everywhere and online, the Everything Easy Mediterranean Cookbook. 300 fresh and healthy recipes.
Hey, uh, Peter, thanks for coming in. I really appreciate it. My pleasure, Al. Thank you. Yeah. Enjoy Monday night at uh, Olympia Diner. I will. Enjoy the book. And tell them I'll be by to try it out real soon now that they've uh, opened it up after the fire. Thank you very much for coming in. You're welcome again. All right. 211. Hal Anderson Afternoons on CJOB. And at 2.16, joining us on the phone now, Mike Clinton Lower. Good afternoon, Mike Clinton. Hello. Hi. Thank you for doing this. I really appreciate it. So, Organic Lawn Care Coordinator. Tell me about your job over at Manitoba Eco Network. Yeah. So, what I do is basically um, set up workshops and, and talk to people about how to make their lawn more ecologically friendly um, by by. Uh, eliminating the use of pesticides and harmful chemicals on your lawn and encouraging biodiversity. Yeah, no, we know this is the right thing to do. Sometimes it's frustrating <laughs> because it seems like maybe organic options don't work as well as some of the more traditional ways of battling, uh, say, dandelions, for example. So maybe talk a bit about that. Yeah, um, so it it does require a little bit more effort on the part of the lawn owner. Um, it, it isn't as immediate, but it is well worth it. Uh, and and also, I, I like to encourage people to sort of appreciate dandelions a little bit. They help bees, but if you, if you don't like them, I get that. Uh, and and it, it just takes more weeding, and you can do a lot of things to sort of out, help the grass outcompete the dandelion. So you you want to aerate your soil, yeah. which means just punching holes in your lawn, um, and and then put down a nice topsoil or compost, and then seed your lawn. If you if you put down a lot of grass seed, then it will outcompete the dandelions essentially yeah uh, and, and and yeah just just put a little bit more time into your lawn if, if that's what you care about then it's worth the effort right yeah and some people certainly do and i think it's something we should all certainly try and do more of i don't know uh michael if we're gonna convince anybody to love dandelions today <laughs> um, but i appreciate you trying that's great you've got some workshops coming up i think the first one is next Tuesday. Uh, they're all at the yes. libraries, River Heights Library, and then next Thursday at St. Vitell Library, and then Henderson Library on the 26th of June, and then June 28th at St. Boniface Library. These are basically helping people with their lawn, being more organic with their lawn, eh? Yeah. Well, um, I'd love for people to come out. They're from 7 to 8 in the evening, mm. and uh, they, if anyone has any questions, they can come ask me. And yeah, we'll basically just talk to people about the the principles of organic lawn care, how to um, take care of your lawn and and the easiest ways to do it and the right times to do it. So watering properly, mowing your lawn uh, to the right length and um, at the right times and what seeds to use if you want to if you want to seed your lawn what other things you can plant like clover for instance i was going to ask you about clover because uh that is an alternative to a traditional lawn and i've seen some beautiful stuff done with clover in people's yards 
Yeah, I I love clover. I'm really excited about clover. It uh, it doesn't grow very high, so you don't have to mow it as much. Uh, it's not like I I wouldn't encourage people to plant only clover. I I don't think monocultures are the way to go, but you can plant clover alongside your grass, mix it in with the grass seed, and it 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 stays green longer than grass does. It it grows shorter than grass does, and it also fixes nitrogen into the soil, so you don't have to fertilize your soil as often, hmm. and it helps to aerate your soil. It's it's a really good thing to just mix in there. Clover is often uh, seen as a as a weed, but it is a very beneficial plant. In fact, and it and it also you cannot use herbicides on your lawn then so I like it as well because it encourages people to not use herbicides because it's a broadleaf plant and it will be killed by most herbicides and so I would encourage people to mix a little clover into your lawn it, it grows rapidly uh, it competes with the grass for sure but it uh, goes alongside it quite nicely as well <laughs> right and you said this you know often we mow our lawn and kind of forget about it and like one thing that we, a lot of us do incorrectly is we mow our lawn way too short. We want to keep it a little longer. It's better for the grass, right? That's an example of, of some things we can do, real simple things that can help our lawn. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people cut it way too short. And uh, like you said, and um, if you think about it, like the, the blade of grass is what is helping the grass get its nutrients, right? That's where it absorbs it from. So mm. if you cut off uh, more than half of what that plant is using to get its nutrients, it goes into shock essentially, and it stops growing roots, and it, uh, or at least the roots grow a lot slower, and it it just won't be as healthy. So what we like to encourage people to do is cut. Uh, it's, it's the one third rule: cut no more than one third of the blade of grass uh, off. And it's better to leave your grass around three inches, um, anything shorter. And, yeah, then then the weeds can take over because your grass is weakened. Um, and, and weeds take any opportunity they can to just pop in there. So leave, leave your grass a little longer. Um, leave the clippings on the yard if you can stand to do that. It helps fertilize the lawn and you don't have to put as much effort in and yeah, just, just don't cut your grass that short. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Tell us your website. If people want more info, manitobaeconetwork.org. So mbeconetwork.org and they can um, go to the organic lawn section. And if they want, they can email me if they have any specific questions, but they can't make it out to the workshops. Then um, my email is organic lawn at mbeconetwork.org keep an eye on our website We've, we'll probably have more workshops coming up uh, and we're doing some fun things with the community um, garden center in South Osborne we're doing some fun wildflower gardens so if people want to check that out very cool yeah <laughs> I'm okay. really excited about it I, I love wildflowers it's another thing you can plant in your yard if you want to out-compete the weeds and get your yard looking beautiful. Get some prairie wildflowers. Yeah, well, do me a favor. Closer to the wildflower thing, get in touch with me, and we'll get you on again, okay? You bet. Mike Clinton, thank you very much. Thanks, Hal. Have that a is day. Uh, Mike Clinton Lower. She is with Manitoba Eco Network. Again, the website, mbeconetwork.org. The first of those uh, workshops on organic lawn care is happening Tuesday night, River Heights Library, then 
Thursday night, St. Vitale Library, and then June 26, Henderson Library, and June 28th, St. Boniface Library. And I just got a text message from a listener here. Hey, Hal, I love dandelions. You should do a show on the positives about dandelions. I even put them in my hair. Lots of good things about them. Have a good day and a nice weekend, Hal. Um, yeah, well, like I said, we'll get uh, we'll get Mike Lynn back on, and we'll talk about uh, wildflowers and talk a bit more about clover. And I understand there are some positives to dandelions, but I also understand why people don't like them in their lawn. So, but I think it is important that we, uh, you know, try to be uh, keep the planet a little more in mind uh, as we uh, work in the yard. Um, I think what we'll do is <clears throat> after the news here at two thirty. With Tristan Field Jones. We'll call over to the Portuguese Association of Manitoba on Young Street, 659 Young Street. They are uh, having a viewing party there as Portugal takes on Spain in World Cup action. So we'll do that after the news. Uh, check in over there. Also, coming up after the news, we're going to do our tough trivia uh, question. Your chance to win four Red River X gate admissions. And we're upping the Red River part of the prize pack today to include ride passes, four ride passes, and parking, and, of course, Santa Lucia pizza as well. So tough trivia is on the way. Uh, Brett McGarry is going to tell us what's new in theaters this weekend. All kinds of stuff coming up. And, of course, uh, your uh, reaction to anything we're talking about, or maybe you got something new you want to talk about, that's fine. 204-780-6868. You can text or call that number, 204-780-6868. And uh, you can also email me, hal at cjob.com. Uh, Dwayne just sent in a text message. I read the uh, text from the woman who loves dandelions. And Dwayne says, Hal, what kind of grass is that gal smoking? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Dwayne. Thank you. Oh, and of course, Father's Day on Sunday. I got to squeeze in at least one, but maybe two songs for Dad from Muchos Kilos, Me, Shaner, and Timmy, my band of big guys. So keep it right here. Hal Anderson on CJOB. Thank you, TFJ. 232. And of course, the World Cup is on. Over in Moscow, big game right now for a lot of people in Winnipeg and Manitoba. Portugal is taking on Spain. So let's go over to the Portuguese Association of Manitoba at 659 Young Street. Diego Costa joins us on the phone. Good afternoon, Diego. Good afternoon. How are you? Good. People there having fun? Oh, we were until Spain scored the third goal and now we're losing 3-2. What's the score now? 3 what? 3-2 for Spain. 3-2 Spain leading Portugal. Wow. Yeah, yeah and, and Portugal. And how many people have you got there this afternoon? Uh, we probably got around 120 people. Uh, yeah, 120 people. That's not bad for 2.30 on a Friday afternoon, eh? Yeah, let's not tell their bosses. <laughs> Yeah, they got to explain that to their bosses. Yeah, and uh, we were talking earlier. You said you've got food and drink, and it's a. Uh, 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 hopefully, you guys can, uh, you know, get back in this. But uh, it's it's a party atmosphere, I guess, except for the score right now, eh? Yeah, no, for sure. But uh, hoping to come back in this game. Portugal's playing a pretty good game. It's a bit unlucky on uh, on two goals there, but um, we'll see if we can come back in and uh, win this game or at least tie it. 
Yeah, and I don't know if uh, I don't I I don't know football or or, or soccer that well. Uh, I don't think Portugal is is one of the favorites to win, but uh, Portugal is certainly a contender at the World Cup, isn't it? It's all for sure. They won the Euro 2016, which is a European Championship. Yeah, um, and uh, now the World Cup. Yeah, they're not a favorite favorite, but they're uh, definitely an underdog contender for this uh, for this championship. All right. Well, listen, Diego, we haven't got a great phone line, so I'll let you go. I hope you guys get back in it. Thanks a lot. Hey, thank you. Take care. All right. That's Diego Costa over at the Portuguese Association of Manitoba, 659 Young. Over 100 people there watching the game. Spain leading Portugal 3-2 at this point. All right. So, uh, Muchos Kilos, of course, is my band of big guys, me, Shaner, and Timmy. And uh, we've got a new song. I'll get an old uh, Father's Day song a little later on before we're done here at 4 o'clock. But we've got a new one uh, for you. I want you to take a listen to it here. It's called He's Your Daddy. All right? Um, Is it? He's Your Daddy? I want to make sure I play the right one here. No, let me play the right one. It's called Father's Day. That's the other one. It's called Father's Day. Muchos kilos. Me, Shaner, and Timmy, my band of big guys on CJOB. Sunday, it is Father's Day. It's your daddy's special day. He made you who you are today. Get off the couch, don't be a slouch, and spend the day with him. That dad is yours. One day each year. That dad is yours. Buy him a beer. He wears sandals and white socks. Repeating stories when he talks. He's always right. And never wrong, he's yelling at you, go mow the lawn. This Father's Day, don't buy a tie. Don't buy a tie. Your dad don't need another tie. Your dad don't need another tie. Father's Day. There you go. Muchos kilos. Father's Day on CJOB. I was mentioning to Fiona Odlin when she joined us uh, near the start of the show today exactly what dad wants. Here's the story. Uh, Father's Day spending expected to reach near record levels this year, $15.3 billion. This is in North America, including the U.S., Canada and the U.S. But they say before you buy him something else that he will not wear, consider this, what dad actually wants. According to a survey by Groupon conducted of 700 dads, so Groupon talked to 700 dads, the answer is simpler and cheaper than you might think. They want some time alone. Dad wants me time. Fathers say they want, on average, 11 hours of me time a week, equal to about 24 days a year. Some things they might want to do during all that me time. The survey says going to movies, watching sports, playing a couple of rounds of golf is a few of the answers that were given. The survey also found 60% of men have a man cave. So maybe just give dad some me time, you know? Give him 20 or 30 bucks and send him out the door. Go golfing or go have a beer and watch a game. That's apparently what dad uh, really wants. By the way, some interesting stuff uh, today in history. Today is Nature Photography Day. It's Smile Power Day, Global Wind Day. Uh, it is Day of Prayer for Law Enforcement Officers, Flip-Flop Day, Prune Day, World Elder Abuse Day today. And by the way, 
If I have time, I'll get to the story about Stan Lee and the accusations being made about elder abuse there. And uh, it is also, darn computers, It's there's a little corner that I can't see, and I can't see that last word. Anyhow, that's what today is. I'm. Uh, it's Friday. I'm just going to let it roll off my back and not get all worked up about it. Uh, today, interesting, on this day in history, 1844, Charles Goodyear received a patent for his process to vulcanize rubber. Hmm? On this day in 1869, the first plastic celluloid was invented. 1924, Ford Motor Company manufactures its 10 millionth Model T. On this day in 1924. Waylon Jennings, born on this day in 1937. Big day if you're a Beatles fan. 1956, John Lennon, 15. His band then was the Quarrymen, meets Paul McCartney, who was 14, at a church dinner in Liverpool. And John invited Paul to join the group that would become the Beatles on this day in 1956. That's kind of cool. 1969, Hee Haw debuted on TV. Uh, Dick Tracy with Warren Beatty and Madonna premiered in theaters on this day in 1990. 1995, O.J. Simpson struggles to put on a pair of gloves that prosecutors said were worn the night of the Nicole Simpson and Ronald Goldman murders. The Spice Girls embarked on their first North American tour in Miami on this day in 1998. 2002, Mick Jagger is knighted by Queen Elizabeth. 2007, Bob Barker did his last Price is Right. 2014, Casey Kasem, creator of American Top 40 and the voice of Shaggy on Scooby-Doo, dies uh, of uh, dementia at 82. And on this day in 2015, just a few years ago, real estate mogul Donald Trump launched his campaign for president, and now he is the president. And one more here as we head to a break. On this day, 1963, and this, I saw this today and it reminded me of my old radio pal Ron Abel because it was in this very building, right in this building here at Polo Park, where I did Ron Abel's news in the late 80s and early 90s, came to town, didn't realize what a big star I was working with in Ron Abel. And he used to play this song all the time on KY58 because we played oldies back then. On this day in 1963, Sukiyaki peaked at number one, the first Japanese song to ever go number one in North America. As we head to a break, 241, Hal Anderson on CJOB.
in theaters. The animated superhero sequel, Incredibles 2. When his wife, Elastic Girl, goes to work, Mr. Incredible takes care of the house and kids. Raising the question, what man doesn't think he's a superhero for doing that? Incredibles 2, yes. now play. Right, yes, Incredibles 2, one of the new movies in theaters this weekend. Here is one of the Couch Potatoes with more now, Brett McGarry. Three movies to tell you about this weekend, starting with a super sequel, an incredible 14 years in the making. It's Disney Pixar's The Incredibles 2. Superheroes are illegal. We want to fight bad guys. I use bad guys. It defines who I am. We're not saying you have... What? Someone on TV said it. It's the follow-up to the 2004 smash hit cartoon about a family of superheroes. I was approached by this tycoon who wants to talk about hero stuff. Help me bring supers back into the sunlight. We need Elastigirl. Bye, sweetie. I'll watch the kids, no problem. Can't touch this. Also new this week, Jeremy Renner, John Hamm, Ed Helms, Nick from New Girl, and comedian Hannibal Burris star in the comedy Tag. Please tell me what's going on here. Our group of friends has been playing the same game of Tag for 30 years. What? Tag is based on a true story about five friends who have been playing an intense game of Tag for decades. For the entire month of May, every year, we play tag. You're you, well, you, me. you never know when someone's going to pop up. Congratulations, buddy. You're in. Doing great, Anna. Our buddy Jerry is the best that ever played. And now he wants to retire. Never been tagged. Just saying. So who's it? Finally, a remake of the 1972 black exploitation film, Superfly. These fools in the streets acting like they got something to prove. They only want to hustle for the money and the flash. But not you. You're special. Career criminal Youngblood Priest wants out of the Atlanta drug scene, but one little mistake threatens to bring everything down. One last score is so big that we will never have to look over our shoulder again. That's what's new at the movies. I'm Brett McGarry, and that's entertainment on 680 CJOB. Thank you very much, Brett. Don't forget, the couch potatoes are tomorrow, Saturday at noon, Sunday at 6, Every weekend, Saturday noon, Sunday 6. Or you can check out their podcast, Google Play, iTunes, cjob.com. And uh, the podcast is there. You can hear it already. Uh, right now, if you don't have a moment or two to listen to them on the weekend, get the podcast now, cjob.com, Google Play, and iTunes. You know what else? Uh, if for some reason you miss this show during the week, uh, Kyle Milroy. Uh, appreciate his work on it. He cuts it up, and it is podcasted for you, this show, at cjob.com. So you can listen there. If you're looking for some radio on the weekend and you missed one of the shows, you can just get it there, cjob.com. All right? Tough trivia time. If you can answer our tough trivia question, we're going to send you to the Red River X with four gate admissions, four ride passes, and parking, and we're tossing in Santa Lucia pizza today. So a nice prize pack. All you got to do is answer today's tough trivia question. Here it is. About 17% of vehicles are either missing these or have the wrong one. What is it? 
about 17% of vehicles either don't have these, they're missing, or they have the wrong one. What could that be? 204-780-6868. Let's go to the phone. Hi, have you got a guess? Uh, I haven't got. To, I haven't heard the question yet. Oh, all right. Well, let me. Uh, you, you missed it. Let me tell you here. Approximately seventeen percent of vehicles are either missing these or have the wrong one. Seventeen percent of what? All right. I'm going to put you on hold, and I will ask the question again, and I'll come back to you in a minute. Okay. Seventeen percent of vehicles are either missing these or have the wrong one. They are missing them or they have the wrong one. Vehicles. What could that be? Seventeen percent. Hello, have you got a guess? Tail lights? Not tail lights, no. Thank you very much. Hello, CJOB. Hello. Oh hi. Um uh, seat belts. No, that's not it. <laughs> no, nope, not seat belts. Thank you. Call back if you get a, uh, another guess. Hi, CJOB. Uh, the tire cap? No, nothing to do with the tires. I'll tell you that right now. Hi, CJOB. What's your guess? License plates. Not license plates. No. Hi, CJOB. You're the guy on hold. Have you got an answer now? Yeah. Uh, is it, uh, you call it, uh, bumper? Not bumper. No, not bumper. Hi, CJOB. Hi, could it be hubcaps? Not hubcaps, but it's a cap. There's a big hint. It's not a hubcap, oh, but I it's a cap it of, of some kind, all right? Oh, I, I hit the button and she's gone. Sorry. Hi, CJOB. Hi, um, antifreeze. Not antifreeze, no. Hi, CJOB, have you got a guess? Yes. Antifreeze. What is it? No, gas cap. Gas caps, yes! Yes! Gas caps. You got four Red River X gated missions, four ride passes, parking, and Santa Lucia pizza. How's that? That's awesome. Thank yeah. you so much. You're welcome. Great what is, Friday. What is your name, by the way? It's Lori. Lori, yeah, great Friday, eh? Have you got big plans for the weekend? Uh, we're doing a patio, a barbecue ah. patio, so we'll need a break after that. Yes. Well, at some point, the X starts today. It started already. At some point, you get to go to the X and uh, also have some Santa Lucia pizza, so good for you. Awesome. Thank yep. you so much. You bet, Lori. Going to put you on hold here. Jeff Forte is going to get your info, and we're going to make sure that you get your prizes. And uh, we, of course, will uh, play Tough Trivia again next week. Uh, got all kinds of cool stuff to give away next week, so make sure you uh, tune in. Tough trivia questions all next week, including Friday when I am at I am at the Red River X. So if you're at the X next Friday, by all means, uh, come and say hi. All right, please do that. Uh, what do you say we squeeze in another uh, Muchos Kilos uh, Father's Day song here? Let's do that. Yeah, let's do that. Why not? Muchos kilos, me, Shaner, and Timmy. My band of big guys. Dad's Day on Sunday. Don't forget. I'm going to shop for Dad when I hit $20 and I'm stopping. I'm, I'm, I'm shopping, looking for some good gifts so I can get Dad some. Now, world's greatest dad, look, what can I get for my pop? Mom, the hunter, double-knit sweater, nice top. A cordless drill will make him happy, the people like... Dang, that's a great gift for daddy. I got a shop for dad, I found him a t-shirt that says... I- I'm with stupid, but on second thought, that will tick off my mom. 
Still got a shop for dad Maybe I'll just make him a card uh, uh, I'm gluing pasta on paper This free gift is awesome There you go, muchos kilos Me, Shaner, and Timmy, my band of big guys Just make sure you spend some time with dad on Sunday That's the most important thing, I think And I thought this was sort of interesting I just saw this Apple and Oprah It's sort of like that uh, Oprah and Uma thing from several years ago there, right? Apple and Oprah. Apple and Oprah are teaming up. You get a show. You get a show. Everybody gets a show. As Apple makes a push to try and compete with Netflix and others in the streaming content space, the tech giant has signed Oprah Winfrey to a multi-year deal to produce shows. What kinds of shows? When we'll see them? None of those details yet. Winfrey is already the CEO of the OWN Network, where she produces content. This deal appears to be separate from that. Jason Nathanson, ABC News. Hollywood. So there you go. Oprah coming to Apple. The news at 3 o'clock is coming up here in just a few minutes. But first, for Interlake Real Estate, Manitoba's playground is the Interlake. Interlake Real Estate is your full-time professional real estate sales team. Visit interlake.mb.ca for listings. Here's the forecast for the Interlake, Grand Beach, and Whiteshell. Partly sunny this afternoon, high 27, increasing cloud overnight, low 14. But that cloud will tomorrow just be some cloud and some sun, partly sunny tomorrow. High 25 out in cottage country. There's your forecast on CJOB. Love chatting. Love chatting. 204-780-6868. Hal at CJOB.com. That email address, by the way, use that 24-7. Something comes to mind and you think, hey, I should tell Hal about that. Story ideas. Love story ideas. Maybe you got an idea for a guest. Maybe you got a dad joke. We're kind of talking dad jokes today because, of course, it's uh, Father's Day on Sunday, uh, we went around with a recorder here at uh, CJOB and over at Global Television, and we asked everybody for their best dad jokes. Would you like to hear uh, some of the jet, uh, dad jokes that we got? Here we go. Did you hear about the guy who invented the knock-knock joke? He won the Nobel Prize. Uh, uh-huh. Why does a moon rock taste better than an earth rock? Because it's a little meteor. How do you have a good space party? You planets. You know, I would never buy anything with Velcro. It's a complete ripoff. How do you make a Kleenex <laughs> dance? Put a little boogie in it. Yes, you do. Why did the Scarecrow win an award? Because he was outstanding in his field. Uh. I used to be addicted to the hokey pokey, but it's okay. I turned myself around. What's a golfer's <laughs> favorite music? Swing. What's a pirate's favorite bridge? It's the Arlington Bridge. What do you call cheese that's not yours? Nacho cheese. You know, I think the first time my dad told me this joke, I was five or six years old, and I never figured it out till I was in my early 20s. A white horse fell in black mud. That was his idea of a dirty joke. Hi, my dog has no nose. How does it smell? Awful. Happy Father's Day. Thank you, Tom. Tom Milroy there. Of course, you can hear Tom right here on CJOB tomorrow, uh, starting at 9 o'clock, 9 to 11, Saturday morning with Tom Milroy right here on CJOB. So I got to tell you, a big tip of the hat this morning to the Bomber fans that stuck it out. That game was a marathon game because of weather delays. And there were still people in the seats 
at the end of that game at something like 20 after 1 early, early this morning. Christian O'Mell, one of our Global News reporters, was there at the end of the game and talked to some of those outstanding fans. I know a lot of people stayed for the first delay, and then once the second one happened, everyone seemed to leave. We can always sleep tomorrow (laughs) after work, (laughs) I guess, right? And we got poncho, so it helped. Hopefully it doesn't happen every game. Yeah. (laughs) What is it? It's 1.26 a.m. right now. Yes, exactly. Again, we can sleep when we get home from work tomorrow. Yeah, by the time we get out of here, we live out of town. Yeah. Do you feel it was worth staying around? It was, yeah. I was excited right to the end, yeah. You can't ask for your second quarterback. Our defense played good against Edmonton, yeah. That's a badge of honor, so you stayed all the way to the end, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it was great. I'll tell you, we got some good fans. Bomber fans are fantastic. And I'll tell you, it might have been, got to think about this for a second. Yeah, I think it was my favorite Bomber broadcast of all time. Listening to Bob and Doug, fill time, tap dance, interview strangers that just happened to be passing by the broadcast area as, uh, of course, the weather wreaked havoc on that game last night. So uh, here we are, folks, again. We're, whoa, oh, whoa. Did you hear that? We're in a weather delay <laughs> at Investors Group Field. Uh, we're getting a, a shot there. The in-house cameras here at Investors Group Field are shooting the poor house, P-O-U-R. You know what that is, and uh, there's still some folks here. There's Well, there's a few thousand left here, I'd say, who are still uh, supporting the concessions, shall we say, as we... Uh, Wait this out, and they're going to wait. Can we order a pizza up here, Bob? Oh, we probably could. Uh, we're yeah. going to figure out how to <laughs> well, do So that. you would think some pizza company out there yeah. would feel for us and bring bring one up here. Guess not. I don't think they got pizza. But uh, they did do a hell of a job on the broadcast last night, and I had a chance to debrief with Bob Knuckles Irving this afternoon about last night's game. You have to give Edmonton and Riley a lot of credit. He's a super player, Hal. Yeah, He's just absolutely. Uh, he was so good last night, his throws. And the Bombers got a lot of pressure on him at times. And they really, had, at one point, they forced three two-and-outs in a row by the Eskimos. But at the end of the day, they just couldn't make a stop on Riley when it mattered. Yeah. You know, Bob, I thought Chris Drevler played pretty well. Uh, yeah. I was I was impressed, you know. Uh, uh, three touchdowns, uh, I think 170 yards, ran for 30 more. And I thought he played well, but then we saw another one of those explosion plays, right? And uh, now I think the question mark has moved over to the defense again. Well, here's here's what I would say about the defense last night. I thought, for the most part, they had pretty good coverage on uh, the receivers. They were what they call contested balls, and Edmonton has two outstanding receivers, this big Duke Williams and then Darrell Walker, who's mm-hmm. as good as there is in this league. And some of Riley's throws, like the long bomb early in the game yeah. to Darrell Walker, I, I, you know, I don't know how you defend that. Chris Randall's right there, and he kind of loses his balance a bit as the mm-hmm. ball's coming. And Walker goes up and makes the catch and goes in for the touchdown. Those plays are going to happen. There's yeah. nothing you can do about that. And that's 100 of Riley's 400 yards right there. Yeah. Yeah, and I, again, on a lot of the throws, you know, the bomber defenders were right there, uh, but the receivers made the play. Riley put the ball in a perfect spot. We've often said, Hal, if the quarterback and receiver execute a play perfectly, it's virtually impossible for a defensive back to stop it. It just mm-hmm. is. That's the way it, the way it works. Um, and so Riley made a lot of those plays last night. They were they were just really sharp 
on offense and throwing and catching the ball. So, yeah, 400 passing yards is, is too much to give up, but they shut down Edmonton's run game pretty much. And believe it or not, it might sound odd, uh, I was impressed with the Bomber defense overall. Hmm. Yes, uh, you can't give up 400 yards and expect to win, but Mike Riley throws for an average of 350 yards a game. Hmm. Uh, and so it was kind of a normal night for him. But if you're going to beat Edmonton, you, you have to you have to shut them down better than that. But I wasn't discouraged with the play of the okay. defense. And against Strebler, I thought Strebler, uh, you know, for a kid who's been here, what the heck, a month. Yeah. Uh, you know, he threw three touchdown passes. Yeah, he made some mistakes, and, you know, he looked a little unsettled at times. But at other times, he looked very poised, hung in there, made some good runs. Uh, he'd get an A from me yep. on his yep. performance. I, I think he delivered, Hal, everything anybody could have expected given his inexperience. I think so, too. He can move. Man, that guy can run. And he's got a rifle for arm, too. Yeah, he's got a he's got a good arm, a quick release. He made some very nice uh, reads and throws, and uh, yeah, overall, you know, again, he delivered what you could have hoped for, I mm-hmm. think, in that situation. So we have to feel pretty good going into Montreal on Friday night. Yeah, you know, it's a good looking team. I still believe that. I'm not discouraged at all about their fortunes for this year. Now that's a game that they. You know they could have won, and uh, you, you let those slip away. They can they can come back to haunt you later in the year. But hey, one down, seventeen to play, and uh, based on what I saw last night, uh, this is a team that's going to be reckoned with. And if Strebler can continue to get a little better each week, Hal, and I think that's a fair expectation. Uh, you know, I, I think they're in in good shape. I, I believe, that, and, and again, here the defense gave up all those yards last night, but I think they could ride the defense for the next couple of games, and, and the defense can, you know, be the key for them winning. Bob Irving's thoughts after that thirty-three thirty loss for our Bombers to Edmonton last night at IGF. Full sports coming up here in just ten minutes, and traffic after a quick break. How on CJOB? Get ready to show your dad how much he's loved with today's Father's Day Countdown. Guess who? It's dad. Only two days left until Father's Day. Now, when you come visit me on Sunday, make sure you call first so I can make sure I have pants on when I answer the door. (laughs) Happy Father's Day. Ah, dad, we love him. Dad used to walk around in his underwear all the time. Ah, oh, we love Dad, though, eh? Mm-hmm. Make sure you take some time for Dad on Sunday. Absolutely. Uh, Neil Diamond. thought this was uh, worth mentioning here today. Well, actually, you know what? Let me do this one first, and then we'll talk about Neil Diamond. So Neil Diamond's coming up in just a second here. I see, though, we talk about plastic straws. We've been talking a lot about the plastic straws and how they're not good for, for the environment. There is a fast food chain that is replacing its plastic straws with paper ones in Britain and Ireland. Take a listen. McDonald's here switching to paper ones over the next few months, which biodegrade. This will help save marine life, which can ingest the plastic version. The burger chain will start to phase out the old ones in all 1,360 of their British and Irish restaurants come the fall. Some U.S. locations will also go down a similar road later this year. McDonald's and other fast food firms have been facing increased pressure to move away from plastic straws for environmental reasons. Tom Rivers, ABC News, London. You know, if these plastic straws are such a big problem, yeah, this seems like a real easy fix. 
Uh, just do the uh, do the paper ones. I don't. Yeah. So I'm glad to see that that's happening. Uh, President Trump. This one caught my eye too. President Trump's personal attorney is seeking to get a legal thorn removed from his client's side. It seems everywhere you look on TV these days, you're bound to catch a glimpse of Michael Avenatti, attorney for porn star Stormy Daniels. Now Michael Cohen wants a federal judge to say basta. Enough, for those who don't speak Italian. Cohen wants a judge to file a gag order to get Avenatti to zip it when it comes to the case in which Cohen paid for Daniels' silence in the run-up to the 2016 presidential election. The order would keep Avenatti from talking to reporters for his part. Abinati calls the request a complete joke. I'm Oscar Wells Gabriel. And Neil Diamond now, as we head to a break here, weather, sports, and news on the way. Neil Diamond may have retired from touring due to Parkinson's disease, but the singer did not let that stop him from giving a cheery and memorable performance at the 2018 Songwriters Hall of Fame ceremony in New York. The 77-year-old, man, he's 77, 77-year-old was presented with the Hall's highest honor, the Johnny Mercer Award. On the red carpet last night, Diamond talked about how much he enjoys this event. Great night for uh, songwriters, especially. We don't get a lot of attention, but uh, this is the night for it, so we're all happy. Ah, oh, crackling rules get on board. We gonna ride till it. Don't you know I'll have me a time With a poor man's lady Hitching on a twilight train Ain't nothing here That I care to take along Maybe a song To sing when I want 